Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. Luke chapter 8. Boy, these are good reports. Good reports. Luke chapter 8, verse 5 is where we'll start reading. We read it last week in Mark's Gospel. I've got 20 minutes, so let's move real quickly. It says, A farmer went out to plant his seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Verse 6, other seed fell among rocks and began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Verse 8, still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. Ooh, I like that. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. So he lets us know this is how the kingdom of God operates. But I use parables to teach others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they really won't see. When they hear, they won't understand. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. Verse 14. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. Verse 15. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to it, and patiently... Everybody say patiently. Patiently produce... A huge harvest. Last week we taught this story from Mark chapter 4. That was our foundational scripture. And Luke confirms the teachings of Jesus by telling the same story. He just writes it a little different. We discovered last week that Satan is continually trying to steal the word of God from being planted in your hearts. He's constantly, he's trying to do it tonight. He doesn't want you to hear this word. I guarantee if we had time, we'd go around and say, okay, who contemplated not even coming tonight? Who was too tired? Who was too busy? Who thought, you know, I just won't show up tonight. It's, It's no big deal. I won't show Understand, Satan is constantly trying to keep you away from hearing the word of God. And the reason... The reason distractions from daily devotion and church attendance invade our lives with such powerful influence is because Satan doesn't want us to hear and receive the Word of God. He doesn't want you to. So he's going to invade us with distractions. Isn't it amazing how a a sniffle can keep us away from church, but it won't keep us away from a ball game? 
I've watched how easily we give in to our feelings of tiredness when it comes to church attendance. But if given opportunity to go shopping or out to eat, suddenly a burst of energy arrives. Can I get an amen from the women in the house? Especially for shoe shopping. It's amazing how healing comes when the thought of shoe shopping takes place. And we will sit in a pouring rain to attend a Tennessee Titans football game. But we won't come to church when it's raining because it's too slippery out there on the roads. See, we must realize any time we are about to hear the Word of God, forces go to work to either keep us away from hearing or stealing what we've heard. Do you understand that? Any time we're about to hear the Word of God, whether it's on a, in a music, whether it's at church, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's your morning devotion or afternoon devotion or evening devotion, any time you and I are about to hear the Word of God, forces go to work. Evil spiritual forces go to work to try to distract us, to keep us away from hearing or stealing what we have heard. Uh, last week I shared with you that each of us will fall into one of four categories, sometimes two of four categories, every time we hear the Word of God. We'll fall into one of these categories. Number one, the Word of God is stolen immediately. Some people, they can't even remember what was taught by the time they get to their car in the parking lot. Why is that? Satan came, stole the Word immediately. Came and stole the Word immediately. Look what it says, Luke chapter 8, verse 5. Luke 8, 5. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. What does that mean? What was he talking about? Well, he he interprets it in verse 12. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message. They hear it. They come and they hear it only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Notice the devil doesn't destroy them. He comes to get the word. He's not really scared of you and I unless we have the Word inside of us. Then we become a threat to Him. Notice He come to steal the Word. He didn't come to hurt you. He come to steal the Word. He's after the Word. He can't stand the Word. And I'll show you why in here in just a second. The second category is the Word of God never takes root and lacks water in some people. The reason it doesn't produce fruit is because some people, they never let it take root. And it lacks water. Look what it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 6. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for a lack of moisture or water. What's the interpretation of that? Verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. They hear it. Oh, man, that's good, Pastor. That's good. Oh, did you read that book? That's a great book. You need to read that book. Did you hear that word, that line in that song, how it spoke to people? Man, that spoke to my heart, that line in that song from the Word of God. See, they receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. The King James says... uh, or one of the translations says it lacks moisture. What does it mean? It lacks water. So what's he saying? He's saying hearing the Word of God one time is not enough. Amen. Hearing the Word of God one time and believing it is getting it planted. But how many of you realize, how many of us realize, that just planting a seed will not produce a harvest? You've got to water the seed. 
And what is the watering of the seed? Watering is the seed is hearing it over and over again. When I hear the word of God, it gets planted in my heart. But when I hear it over and over again, it gets watered. You're watering the seed. You're watering. And for any seed to produce a harvest, you've got to plant it and you've got to water it. You've got to plant it and you've got to water it. Now, what a lot of us do, we don't want to hear the same thing over again. We want to hear something new. The Bible calls that itching ears. We want to hear something new. Well, what's happened is you've got some seed planted, but it's never going to grow because you've got to water it. The watering is hearing the same thing over and over and over again. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing in the progressive continuous tense. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. See, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how, why, why so-and-so didn't get healed. She's lived for the Lord for 20 years. She's been in church all of her life. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing. So I'm continually hearing the Word of God. What I heard years ago was good for years ago, my battle years ago, but it's not good for my battle tomorrow until I get that reignited in me and water that which I've already heard and what I've planted. All right? Everybody with me? Watering the seed is the continual and consistent hearing of the Word of God. Seed's got to be planted. That's when we hear it for the first time. And then the watering of it is continually hearing it. Continually hearing the Word of God. The third category of people is the Word of God doesn't take first place in our lives. So tonight, there's going to be, we're in one of four categories. Either Satan's going to get it before we get home, or we're going to believe, hear it and believe it and say, that's wonderful, but... We're not going to continue to water it. Or then some of us tonight are going to hear it, and it's going to get in there. But it just becomes one of the other things that's in our heart. It doesn't take first place. It's not priority. Look what it says in verse 7 of Luke 8. Other seed fell among thorns, and that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. What's the interpretation of that? Well, he tells us in verse 14. The seeds that fell among the thorn represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, so they never grow into maturity. Now notice who he's talking to. He's talking to Christians who hear the word. They hear the word. They love Jesus. They love their local church. But they're stuck spiritually because they keep hearing it every time the church... They go to church, and they love Jesus, and they'll say, Amen, that's good, hallelujah. And they might even have their devotions, but it doesn't take first place in their life. Notice what it says. The seeds that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out. It doesn't say the message disappears. It doesn't say they fall away from Jesus. It doesn't say anything about them not making heaven. It, it just says that the Word of God never brings full benefit into their life because the Word of God gets crowded out by the cares and riches and the pleasures of this life. So they never grow into maturity. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Notice what the wise fellow said. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He said, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. This is the word of God. He says, Pay attention to my words. 
talking about God's word. Pay attention to my words. Listen carefully to what to my words. Verse 21. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. That's what Susan said. She just kept hearing the word of God. The t- the the symptoms was telling her She's dying. The symptoms telling her she's not getting any better. The pain was telling her. The doctor's report was telling her there's no healing from this. The things she read online said, uh, this is a bad thing. You're going to die. You see, all these things were trying to crowd out the Word of God. But she kept the Word. She kept hearing it. Kept hearing it. And kept hearing it. And the Word of God brought healing to her body. The truth of the matter is most of us quit hearing too soon. We've heard it. It's precious to us and we love Jesus. But we allow these other things to crowd the word. It doesn't take first place in our life. One of the things we're seeing in a very prosperous economy, people allow the pleasures of life to interfere with their maturity in the Lord. Good people. I mean, love Jesus, good people. But they've got so much money and they're going all the time that church and devotions and Bible reading and their spiritual maturity takes a real back seat to what they got going on in their life with their family, with their children, with their, all, the, all the different activities they've got going on. And, and, and none of those things are wrong. All of those things are wonderful. All those things are great as long as they're kept in priority. The Word of God must be priority in our life at all times to receive the full benefits from the Word of God. Number four, the, the fourth kind of people are the Word of God is planted and watered and produces fruit. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 8. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 15, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. For seed to grow, it must be planted and watered. For seed to grow, it must be planted and watered. We, there's a co-op. Where is the co-op? I passed it one day. Is it over on Middle Tennessee? There's a co-op on Middle Tennessee. Anybody know where the co-op is over on Middle Tennessee? You can go over to the co-op on Middle Tennessee and get just about any type of seed you want. You can get every kind of seed known to man at the co-op. They have all types of seeds. Some seed they have in 50-pound bags stacked on top of one another. And though they have enough seed at the co-op to feed the city of Murfreesboro, none of that seed, none of that seed is producing a harvest, and it will never produce a harvest until somebody plants it and somebody waters it. Do you hear me? There's enough seed at the co-op to feed this city for the rest of the year. But it will never feed one single person until somebody plants the seed and waters the seed. Having a Bible, having a Bible and loving the good book is a noble and honorable trait. It's wonderful. 
But the blessings of the book will not take place in our lives until we understand that it is seed that must be planted, watered, and nurtured in our hearts. Listen, I like to say it this way. God's word on the page is stored seed. God's word in your heart is sown seed. All right? Stored seed is in the bag, it looks good, and you can brag about having all the seed in the world, but you don't eat it when it's stored. You only eat it when it's sown and watered. God's word on the page is stored seed. God's word in the heart is sown seed. Unfortunately, the family farm in America is becoming a thing of the past. How many of you were grown, grew up on a family farm? Grew up on a family farm. Well, that's becoming a thing of the past because it is now. We have a couple of generations of Americans who do not understand the concept of sowing and reaping. Instead of sowing and reaping, Americans today understand going and buying or going and charging. All right? We don't understand sowing and reaping. Today... Americans can taste the harvest without recognizing the principles of planting seed that it took to get a harvest. You just go down there and buy it, all right? But I want you to understand the kingdom of God doesn't operate on going and buying. The kingdom of God operates on sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. God hadn't changed. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 8. Let me prove it to you. Genesis chapter 8. Go back to the book of beginnings. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. The Lord had uh, just caused a flood to take place. And, and then this is after the flood. And Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Now look at verse 22. It's an important verse. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Notice what God says. He says, as long as this earth that's here, there's going to be a principle that he will operate by, and it's seed time and harvest. Not going and buying. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Listen to what he says in Galatians. Turn over to the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. He says this, Galatians 6, Verse 7, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he what? Sows. Whoever sows to, the, to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let, none of, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, most of us use this verse of Scripture when it comes to talking to our teenagers about doing wrong. You're going to reap what you sow. You're going to reap what you sow. How many know what I'm talking about? We use this Scripture when it, when it refers to sin. You're going to reap, sow sin, you're going to reap sin. But that's just one half of the equation. The Bible says you also sow things in the Spirit. You'll reap good things from the Spirit of God. 
In fact, it ends with this. Look at the verse 9. Notice what it says. Let us not become wearying doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what's he, what's he really trying to emphasize here? He's not trying to emphasize, don't do that or you're going to reap destruction. He's trying to emphasize, if you do what God's Word says to do and continue to sow that into your life, you're going to reap some good things in your life. That's how the kingdom of God operates. Not buying, going and buying, but sowing and reaping. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Paul said this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Notice, we have a part, God has a part. Man has a part. God has a part. Understand this. In everything that, that comes from God, man has a side, God has a side. God doesn't do his side until man does his side. Quite often people will come to me or write me emails or text me or call me and say, Pastor, I've been asking for this and it hadn't happened. And I've been asking for a long time and it hadn't happened. God hadn't answered my prayer. I said, what kind of seed do you have in the ground? What are you? So you can't, you can't reap a harvest without having a proper seed in the ground. Now, don't, them, them late night TV preachers, those crazy guys, will tell you if you sow money into their ministry, you can get any type of harvest that you need. Well, that's not right. I've told this story to some of you before. Our, Amanda and I, years ago, we didn't have any money. Didn't even have hardly money to eat. And uh, you, you can see that we got delivered. God blessed us. But anyway, but, but anyway, we didn't have... So she said, well, let's just plant us a little garden. My dad was raised on a farm. Her parents were raised on a farm. She said, let's just plant us a little garden. So I, we planted a little garden. That thing probably wasn't no further than from Bubba to, the, to this here and about this wide. That's, that's just all it was. I had one of the men in the little church we were at. I had him bring his tiller over, and he just tilled us up. And I went down to the co-op, and I got me some, got me some green beans. And, I got me some potatoes, and we got us some okra, we, and uh, I think we got a couple of tomato slips, and we spent all on a Friday, we were both off on a Friday, we spent all that Friday digging holes, bought us some miracle Grow, put that in there, planted our seed, watered it, and I remember that Friday afternoon we stood over that, and we prayed over it, oh man. Oh, Lord, cause this harvest, cause a harvest to come. Bless this garden. We're going to die and starve to death if you don't come through. Bless this garden, Lord. I remember as the sun was going down, we prayed over that. We went to bed that night. Next morning, I woke up and uh, walked to the restroom, walked back. And about the sun was starting to come up. And I just happened to glance out the window, looked at my, my garden spot, and I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe what was in that garden. I mean, I said, there was, there was stuff in my garden. And I woke Amanda up. I said, get up. Get up. She said, well, I said, God has done a miracle. There is stuff in our garden. And we, she got her clothes on real quick, and we ran out there. Grass, I still remember, grass was wet. Our feet were wet. We ran out there. And the closer I get, there was watermelon. 
full-grown watermelon. There was zucchini laying in our garden. Uh, and then, I, you know, I'm thinking, man, God has heard our prayer. And then I started thinking, now, wait a minute, we didn't plant no zucchini. We didn't plant no watermelon. And the closer I got, I see footprints. And come to find out, some of my deacons came out there during the night and put some of the stuff from their garden in my garden. Now, the truth of the matter is, it would have been a great evangelistic story. I could have built the city of faith if it really happened. I, I could have built an orphanage and a hospital and had a TV ministry. But here's what you and I must understand. And what I learned in reality that day, you don't sow beans and get okra. You don't sow potatoes and get zucchini. You reap what you sow. All right? You reap what you sow. Well, they're not treating me good at work. Well, how about reaping some kindness and generosity? Sow some kindness and generosity. God says, I'm not going to be mocked. It's going to happen. You sow enough, you're going to reap what you sow. See? So understand that we, in America, we just go and buy instead of sowing and reaping. And God still works on the principle of sowing and reaping. Let me prove it to you. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Amazing story. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted, one translation said, had received God's word. It got in their heart. They sent Peter and John there. Verse 15, as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid hands on people, he offered them money. See, he didn't, he didn't understand God works by sowing and reaping. He thought God worked by going and buying. He offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, but Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking that God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Simon's attitude is like many today. They just want to go get it without sowing the seed. They just want to go get it without sowing the seed. Let me close with this. Every one of us, I want to encourage you to pray and ask the Lord to give you a revelation of the power of his word. Pray and ask the Lord to give you a revelation of the power of his word. Do you realize you have in your hand, if you are carrying a printed Bible, or if you have it on a tablet or on a phone, you have the power in your hand that created the worlds? You have something more powerful in your possession than the nuclear bomb that destroyed Japan.
God said, spoke his word and the earth came into form and being. And you have it in your hand. But most of us don't treat it as such because we don't have a revelation of the power of the word of God or the Bible. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. All scripture, or we would say it this way, my Bible is inspired by God and profitable. Do you know your Bible is profitable? It's profitable. It'll bring you profit in life. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Look at Hebrews 4.12. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. Notice what it says. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow. And able to judge the thoughts and in the intents of the heart. Look at verse, the first line again. For the word of God is living. Notice it doesn't say the word of God was living. Notice it doesn't say the word of God was active. It says the word of God is living. The word of God is active. May the Lord give us a revelation of the power of His Word. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. It says this, For this reason we also constantly thank God. Paul said this. He said, We thank God that when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us or from a, a minister, you accepted it not as the Word of men, but for what it really is, the Word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. I like to say it this way. This will be easy for you to remember. The Word works when you work the Word. The Word works when you work the Word. I was sitting with... Uh, Terry Law, uh, several years ago, Terry Law is a dear friend of mine. Many of you might have read his book on praise releases, faith, the power of praise and worship. How many of you have heard of Terry Law? He's heard him. He was crusade director for Oral Roberts during many years of Oral Roberts' healing ministry. Well, Terry, Terry and I are dear friends. In fact, he's been here. He's been here at Family Worship Center. And I, we were having lunch at the Olive Garden in Tulsa. I love the Olive Garden. Glory to God. I, I just get inspired thinking about it, the Olive Garden. That salad and them long breadsticks. Oh, glory to God. Terry was sharing with me about his miraculous healing from diabetes. He was miraculously healed from di- diabetes. He was diabetic. And taking the insulin and and those of you who might have diabetes, understand that, that regiment that goes with that. And I never will forget what he said. We were, we were sitting over lunch, and he was talking. I said, tell me, you, how were you healed of diabetes? What, what did, or Roberts lay hands on you? Or did, was you in a healing crusade? Did you have a vision? Did an angel appear to you? What, tell, me, tell me, just tell me, how was you healed of diabetes? And I never will forget what Terry said. He said, the key to my healing came... When I received the revelation that God and His Word 
are one. The healing, the key to my healing came when I received the revelation that God and His Word are one. And I said, explain that to me. He took me to John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. It's always been this way. We just have to get the revelation of it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now look at verse 14 of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we saw His glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. Who's that referring to? Jesus. The Word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelled among us. Who became flesh? The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. The Word... Word, W-O-R-D, W-O-R-D, is the Greek word logos. And Jesus became, he was the word. He was with God at the beginning. He was the word, and he became flesh and dwelt among us. Now turn over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 again. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. Now, what is that word, word, there? What, what, what is that scripture referring to? John chapter 1, verse 14 was referring to the word being Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 12 is referring to the word as being what? What's it? What is that? It's our scriptures. It's the Bible. Do you know both words... W-O-R-D in both verses, in John 1.14 talking about Jesus, and Hebrews 4.12 talking about the Bible. Do you know both are the same word, Logos? They're both the same word, Logos. Now listen to me. Both the Bible and Christ are the Word of God. They both contain the divine nature of God, the Zoe the life of God in different manifestations. Both of them contain the life of God. That's the reason why you, can, you and I can read a verse of Scripture a dozen times and then all of a sudden one day you read it and it pow! It's exactly what you needed for that moment. And it changes your situation. Why? Because it has the life of God in it. John chapter 14 Listen to what Jesus said. John chapter 14, verse 18. I'll close with this. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is what Jesus said. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. Verse 19. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. Verse 20. On that day, you will realize I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. I will show myself to them. Verse 22, Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Look what Jesus said. 
Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. My Father will love him, and we will come to them and make our home with them. What did he say? I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. How are you going to come to us, Jesus? Judas said, seeing you're leaving. He says, if you get a revelation of my word, you'll see me and my word carry the same power. Me in the flesh and my word on the page, it carries the same power. I'll end with this. We will not love God any more than we love His Word. We will not love God any more than we love His Word. I often find it sad when Christians say, Oh, I love the Lord. And I'll say, When's the last time you read your Bible? Well, I just ain't got time. Well, you don't love Jesus. You love the image of Him. You love the thought of Him. But if He and His Word are the same, if he and his word are the same, and they are, we will not love God any more than we love his word. Our attitude toward God's word is our attitude toward God himself. That's the why God said to prophet Ezekiel, he said, you see that scroll? That's my word. He says, I want you to eat it. I want you to get it inside of you because it can, contains the power of God himself. <laughs> I remember back many years ago as I was just really getting a revelation of the word of God when I was when we was back in the 80s, late 80s. I'd read that about Ezekiel. And I I, I got a little bible and I folded it up like around like a piece of bologna. And I stuck it in my mouth. And I said, Lord, this is as far as I can get it to eat in your word. But I love your word so much, I want it to become a part of me. Stand with me, would you? Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.